0: More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It's Saturday, August 7th, and we are delighted to have a guest. Now, this woman comes to us through my friend Sandy Waters, who is a radio host up in Rochester, New York, also has her own podcast called Seven Figures, Smart Money Strategies for Women. And Sandy turned me on to Susan Beecham, who is the CEO of an organization called Money Savvy Generation. And the tagline is helping kids get smart about money. So many of you ask me about this. And I think it's really great to have somebody who has done the research to figure out what is the best approach, how to do it. And it will not surprise you that, of course, starting young is Susan's number one recommendation. So here is the first part of our interview with Susan Beecham. What is it about the your approach that makes it more useful than other types of programs that exist, whether it's through Jumpstart or through other programs? Why why is your approach different?
1: We start early. We start in pre-kindergarten. We start at a place where most people don't want to because kids in pre-kindergarten, they're not readers. You know, everything you teach them has to be touchable, hands on, has to be full of visual stimulation because they learn by looking at pictures. And so, all the good work that my colleagues do in the upper grades continues to be done and should be done. But my mission, Money Savvy Generations' mission, was to give them those people who were teaching in the upper grades, to give them seasoned veterans, to give them kids. had heard about money money choice setting goals delayed gratification kids who had heard this more than once before they got to high school you wouldn't expect to teach kids how to read and how to add and subtract by just teaching them something once right so anything worth teaching in school is worth teaching more than once and so we were missing in financial literacy we've been missing this window of opportunity in pre-k through third or fourth grade. We weren't talking to kids about that because parents were thinking, oh, they're so young. Can't we wait? Do we have to sully their lives with information about money? And that's, of course, a parent's own insecurity with their own conversations about money.
0: So if I'm a parent and I don't have something, you know, in my school system, you do have a lot of resources for the parents. But you're right. If the parent feels like a financial screw-up, how is a parent going to use that in order to talk about money? Do you have guides that go along with the, the banks and the pigs, et cetera? Like how, how do we have these conversations?
1: We have curriculum and it's scripted. So when we created the curriculum, we created a script that parents could literally read from so that they didn't feel insecure. They had backup. They knew what they needed to say. I didn't want them to have to think about what they had to say. I wanted them to get confidence by just reading it. And then once the kids are engaged in the conversation, which when they're very young and you start to talk to them about money, they're engaged because nobody talks to young kids about money. Mm. It's very provocative to them, and so their ears are perked. Then the parent gets more confident because they know the script is there to support the dialogue. And then the money conversations, they just take off because very young children have no preconceived notions about what they should or shouldn't know about money, about anything. Mm. And so they're going to lead you in that conversation if you just start it. So we give parents a script. We also use the same script with teachers who were just like our parents, very uncomfortable with the topic of money didn't want to have to have this conversation with their students that they love. They didn't want to lead them astray. So it was mandatory that we wrote the script for them. Mm -hmm. And then as they went through the script, they gained confidence and then it took off. Parents and teachers are very good at adding supplemental experiences to what children need to learn about money because it's not just about talking to them. The most impactful impactful thing you can do is have a money experience. That's how
0: kids learn at a very young age. When you say a money experience, talk more about that.
1: So a money experience is, there's a traditional one, right? Allowance, you know, giving them an allowance, having them work with money, real money, not fake money, having the values that you have as a family discussed as it relates to allowance, going to a bank, going to a brick and mortar bank, introducing them to a teller. There are experiences that children can have hands-on contact with that will allow them to learn better than if you just talk at them. Supplementing those experiences with a trip to the library to pull out books on money We have a great reading list that we've curated that parents can go to that that will pull down a bunch of books that don't say, here's your four choices, but that do say, here's how a child in the bush earned money and used it to help their father with his business. So there are a number of experiences you can create for your child that wrap around the, the, uh, the verbal education you're giving them as well. One great experience that's in the curriculum is setting a short and a long-term goal. Mm. But with very young children, you don't write it out. You draw a picture of it. And then we ask parents to do the same thing. Draw a picture of your short-term goal, something you want or need one year from today. Then draw a picture of your long-term goal, something you want or need 10 years from today. Put it side by side on the refrigerator and then accomplish it. Talk about how you will reach it. We have thousands of examples of these short and long-term goals with parents drawing pictures. Once they were asked to draw a picture rather than write a paragraph about their shorter long-term goal, the floodgates were open. And all of a sudden we saw parent dreams about bringing their kids, buying a new home, bringing their kids' uh, college education to the forefront of their savings plans, kids, of course, kids' Always want something very specific. Every boy has wanted a car 10 years from now. But one little girl wanted to save money. This is a little girl in third grade, wanted to save money to replace her mother's lost wedding ring. Oh. You know, yep. You never know what's on their minds when it comes to money until you ask them. And this is concrete proof and experience where the parent and the child work together.
0: So I want to get your your help on a couple of different issues because I love the idea that you start so young, but so many people listening are saying, uh, I missed that boat. And if you really not had conversations with money, how hard is it to start that conversation if the kid's in middle school or high school?
1: If they're in middle school, um, they still think you're brilliant. (laughs) Uh, They're still, you know, 11, 12, let's face it, you are now changing attitudes. Mm -hmm. You're not shaping them. If you start very early, you're shaping. But now you're fighting a lot of noise. You're fighting everything they see in social media. You're fighting their friends, their friends' parents' attitudes. But it is worth the fight because the most impactful teacher in a child's life is the parent. That's the good news and the bad news. So we can make them financially independent or we can really screw them up. It's up to us. So in middle school, it's hard, but it's definitely doable. By high school, it's harder, but you're fighting Mother Nature now, right? Your child is supposed to be moving away from you, but don't get discouraged if they don't throw their arms around you and say, thanks, Mommy and Daddy, I love this lesson on saving. They're not gonna do that like your pre-kindergarten or first grader will. Here's what they will do though, they will hear you. Mm. They will not give you feedback, no, because they can't bring themselves in many situations to do that because they're fighting to be independent of us. But your voice is still important. Your values are still important. So you need to have the conversations. You need to fight the good fight. You need to give them the messages that surround your family values around money that talk about saving. I, my daughter, Alison, her first job was working in a shoe store. She was paid a dollar per pair of shoes that she sold. And then she got an hourly rate that was, I don't know, it was like $6. The beginning of summer, this was in college, first year uh, of college. She took another job that paid more, significantly more. And I said, how much are you going to save? Are you going to pay yourself first? What do you mean pay yourself first? Well, are you going to put any of that away every time you get a paycheck? Mom, I know what I'm doing. I'm working. Okay? Just let it be. Okay, Mm. you got it. Okay. At the end of the summer, I took her to lunch and I said, here's how much money you made. I wrote that down on a piece of paper. Here's how much money you made. How much did you save? She hadn't. Mm. I said, okay, if you had taken a portion, let's just say 10% of that, every paycheck, here's what you'd have right now in your hands. I never had to have the discussion again. That, by the way, is a money experience. Mm -hmm. So with our older children, sometimes we have to let their face hit the concrete, Mm. but If we do it, Jill, early, so high school and college, then it's much easier than when they're 30.
0: Yeah, well, that's true. That's actually a good way of thinking about it. Like, it's not too late, because it's never really too late. Even if they are 30, you're going to have to have the conversation eventually, right?
1: Exactly. And it's just a different conversation. And you cannot expect them to embrace it. You just have to say it. And you have to know when to step aside and you have to know when to listen for them to ask for help. A lot of kids go to college and ring up a lot of debt on credit cards and don't want to come home to tell you about it. And you only know about it when the interest rate has pushed them into a world that they are overwhelmed by. So you really do in high school want to have conversations around money and you want to be clear if you get into trouble, Come to me. This is natural. Like, talk to your kids about the money mistakes you've
0: made. Okay, we'll have part two of our interview with Susan Beecham tomorrow. If you've got questions about how to talk to your kids about money, you can check out moneysavvy.com, but you can also just send us an email askjill at jillonmoney.com. Or if you're on our website, just hit the contact button and we would be delighted to answer your question don't forget to tell us if you want to come on the air live mark does all the hard work very easy so as always we would like to remind you to put your hands metaphorically on someone's back and grit growth grace is our mantra of 2021 we'll talk to you tomorrow